We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, TBTPFL. It's Thursday. It's March 31st. It is 2022. We have five NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my buddy, Eyes819, Keith Eyster. What's happening, my friend? Not much. We were just talking a little bit pre-show about this uh, Houston-Sacramento game that's going going nuts, as predicted. No, Absolutely no defense being played. Over 200 points already at the end of the third quarter, so... Love, gotta love late season NBA where we get these teams that that just don't care to play defense at all. They're completely tanking, but it, it's a fun one, similar to the Portland Oklahoma City one earlier in the week. But this this little five gamer here, I'm not sure we're gonna have a scenario where we've just got those two awful teams battling. But we've got a Lakers team that's not looking very good, so we'll see what we can find on this little five game slate. Yeah, it was crazy um, during the podcast yesterday. I mentioned my favorite bet being Washington plus or minus five against the Magic. And then when we got on Grinders Live, it was Washington minus three. And I was like, what is happening? Um, <laughs> like people were actually betting on Orlando and they're in full tank mode. Um, 
Like it's it's full on tank mode, and I think Washington won by like sixteen or seventeen. I turned the game off in the fourth quarter. I want them to lose. Once I realize they're gonna lose, I can turn the game off and be happy. Um, <laughs> true fan, right there. That's all yeah. I can say. Win- so. Winning at this point does absolutely nothing for them, so it oh, makes sense to me. It would be terrible. It'd be absolutely yeah. terrible to win at this point. But anyway, so five games to talk about today. Um, let's get into it. We start here. With Philadelphia at Detroit, 223 total in this one. The 76ers, a 10.5-point favorite as far as the injury report goes. Philly's good. Detroit will be without Grant and Diallo. And Corey Joseph is questionable. Um, something with his back is what I read. So, the Philly side first. You know, it is that time of the year, right? It's the last week, week and a half of the season. It's that time that, like, we're going to talk standings. We're going to talk games that are important. We're going to talk about teams that need to lose. Well, Detroit needs to lose. Philadelphia needs to win. Detroit can play this game kind of hard because they're going to lose this game, no matter probably, um, unless they have a stellar game and they don't want to do that. So on the Philadelphia side, we got Harden at 10-2. We got Embiid at 11-5. They're in fantastic matchups against Detroit. Um, Tobias is 6,700. He's coming off of a monster game. It was the first time Tobias has scored 50 fantasy points in a game since January 25th against the Pelicans, um, where he shot 13 (laughs) for 19. So I don't want to overreact to that. What are your thoughts here on Philly? I like Harden and Embiid here. Uh, Detroit, as far as bad basketball teams go, have actually done a decent job of keep, keeping games pretty close this year. They just played Brooklyn to like within seven points. Um, so even though there's a 10-point spread here, I'm not terribly concerned about the blowout. Um, the the Harris and Maxi thing, I'm, I'm not going to try to chase either of those guys and try to figure out who's going to go off in this spot. Um, they're both in the mid-sixes. One of them might get there, but I probably won't chase it. It's primarily going to be Embiid and Harden for me. Um, no Jokic on the slate, so I'd pro- probably lean to Embiid over Harden if I had to pick between the two. Yeah, I think opportunity cost is a little bit higher for Embiid than it is for Harden because, I mean, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, Garland, Westbrook even. like There's, some, there's a bunch of guards on the slate and on, as center, I mean – if you're not getting Embiid, you're going down to like Vooch, Gobert, or even like going down further. And there are some options that we'll talk about that are cheaper, but I think getting the raw points from Embiid, while even though this game might be a blowout, will end up paying off. Um, so I, I agree. I think Embiid is the play over Harden if you're going to play one of these studs. And then on the Detroit side, Kate Cunningham, 8,700 here. You know, that's kind of a a tough price tag on a five game slate. His raw points are going to matter. You know, Bay, he's seven K. If I'm if I'm gonna play Bay, I'm gonna go down to a Stewart or a Bagley before I play Sadiq Bay here. Yeah, the price on t- on Kate is tough, but he's been really good lately. Um, he's been over forty fantasy points very frequently in the in the recent past here. Um, so I don't mind him, even though it is a tough matchup short slate. I'm not sure how popular he gets on this slate. If he comes with low ownership, I'm fine taking some shots on him and just hoping he goes off again. Um, agree. I would skip over Bay. I do like Bagley a good amount. Uh, 6,100 
the minutes have been a little bit all over the place, uh, but he's been good when given the opportunity. So not really sure what, what the rhyme or reason is when he plays like 28 minutes versus 35 minutes, but I, I would take a shot on, on Bagley at that price and just hope he gets over 30 minutes um, and he can pay off that price tag. Killian Hayes. I, yeah, I do want to mention Killian Hayes. Hayes. Yep. Go he's, ahead. He's 43. I was going to mention the minutes have kind of been there and he's gone over 30 in, in three of his last four games. So I was, we were, we were on the same wavelengths <laughs> yep. there. Great, great minds, I guess. Um, just kind of started thinking about that at the same time. So uh, especially if Corey Joseph sits, um, that does nothing but help a guy like Hayes. If, if Corey Joseph sits in this game. Yeah, he becomes super interesting then. I think his minutes would be even safer. Um, I think you, we could expect 30 minutes out of him if, if uh, Joseph ends up missing. I like that a lot. All right. We got Milwaukee at Brooklyn, 238 total in this game. The Bucks opened as favorites, and then it shifted to the Nets. It's everywhere. Some some books have it at plus one bucks. Some books have it as minus two bucks. So um, you, if you're betting this game, shop around. There's going to be a lot of lines. Um, on the Nets side, still no Simmons, still no Joe Harris, and Bembry is out for Milwaukee. So two full-strength teams here. One of the reasons that I was hesitant on Embiid is because this game sets up really good for a guy like Giannis. Um Talk me off of playing Giannis in this one. I don't think I can. Awesome matchup against Brooklyn. Definitely the game of the night here. Uh, two powerhouses in the East. Uh, Brooklyn's record obviously hasn't been there, but they've got Kyrie at home now. Um, this should be a really good one. A very competitive game. I uh, think the pace will be up in this. Milwaukee generally plays fast. Brooklyn hasn't been the fastest team this year, but in this, in this environment, I, I think that this is an up-tempo type of game. Um, and Giannis does it all for the Bucks, so you, you gotta love him. Um, I don't know how much other Bucks I'm going to get to. Drew's price is, is up at 8,300. Don't love Middleton at 78. And then with Brooke Lopez back, uh, Portis is kind of off the table. He's still overpriced. Maybe you could talk me into some Lopez. Uh, the minutes have been in that 25 to 30 range. He hasn't been 29 in his last game, I believe, is as high. Um, but his price actually came down a little bit. He's 3,900. So I don't mind taking some shots on Lopez here. I was going to say he's really cheap. Um, so maybe that's where he becomes a little interesting is just the price. He's 3,900, you know, Brooklyn, a, a team that has been using Drummond, like really solid minutes for Drummond here recently. So I feel like they'll try to match up Brooke Lopez with Andre Drummond. So um, I think if you're not going up for Jokic, if you're not playing Jokic, um, not Jokic, Embiid, Embiid. Yep. If you're not paying up for Embiid and, you know, you're just going to kind of – I think Drummond, we'll talk about him in a second on the other side of this game, but you could you could go cheap at center. Um, I don't necessarily love Vooch and – I mean, I love Donovan Mitchell, so I don't know if I play Rudy Gobert in this spot. So um, so maybe I do pay down at center today. On the Brooklyn side, I mean, I still lean Durant over Kyrie. And I said this the other night, and Durant had a monster game against Detroit. 
I think this is a spot where you could play either one of them, but I still lean Durant. And then I think Drummond, you know, 6K, getting minutes. He's someone that can put up 30-plus fantasy points. And on a five-gamer, you don't necessarily need that 7-8-X. You, you just need your guys to hit their raw numbers and have a good day. Yep, I agree with everything you said there. Um, perfectly nailed it. Uh, it's Durant over Kyrie for me. I don't know if Kyrie is just pressing a little bit at being able to play at home, but he shot 27% against Charlotte in his first game at home and then just 39% against Detroit. So struggling with his shot a little bit here at home might be pressing for the home fans a little, um, but it's it's typically Durant over Kyrie for me anyway. The thing is, um, can, can we stack Giannis and Durant? Do we have the salary and the value on this slate to do that? I think is the biggest question. Uh, we're, we'll get to the Lakers a little bit later on. That's not not comfortable value necessarily, but I think it's a way to make this this Giannis Durant stack work, which is really expensive. Yeah, but I mean the game definitely sets up as if I can make it work. It's just it's forty five hundred per player after that. So you're going if you're playing Durant and Bead, you're going not in Bead. I keep clicking, <laughs> I keep clicking in Bead. <laughs> um, so if you're going Giannis Durant, you're at 4,400 per player. You know, at that point, you're like, it's stars and scrubs, and you're kind of hoping that it works out. And, I mean, we have some cheap plays already. I think you're going to need some value to potentially open up to fully make this work um, and feel good about it. I mean, you can make it work, but to feel good about it, like Staley Johnson's 3,800. Um if LeBron, LeBron's out, right? They ruled him out already yes. for this game. So, yeah, yep. Le- LeBron is out. So you you've got Brooke Lopez and Kelly and Hayes. We just talked about, and then yep. the Lakers are going to offer all kinds of value. Stanley Johnson's going to going to pop for sure. Um, it's definitely doable. Building it really quick. Um, anyway, anything else from the Brooklyn side? Um, uh, just to piggyback on your drum and call, I, I I like that he's definitely overtaken like LaMarcus Aldridge. It seems like um, he's, he's just playing better and they feel, they seem to feel comfortable with him. So I like that call. Uh, probably not messing with too much else on Brooklyn here. I'm going to miss a five X on prize picks by Aaron Gordon 0.4 fantasy points. That's always fun. Um, That's always tilting is what it is. <laughs> I like saying it's always fun. Um <laughs> I had like a Make two yourself for, feel better. I had a two for three and a three for three earlier. So I mean, I'm I'm okay for the night. But man, that five would have the five for five is those are the juicy. Anyway, all right, and uh, just quick, but this game is just now getting underway. CJ McCollum over under twenty five shot attempts tonight. Uh, yeah, he he's gonna go nuts tonight, right? He has to. I mean, he I had back to back threes to start the game. So, to open it, uh, yeah, that's a good sign. <laughs> so, I, I took I took the ladder on his points tonight, so that's a, that's a good start. And, yeah, and I, I have him at five plus threes as well. Love yeah, it. Yeah, I have his over twenty three and a half on like four or five different prize pick rooms. So, nice. all right. We move on. We got Cleveland at Atlanta. Both teams on the second end of a back-to-back. There's a couple books that have lines up, but we're going to kind of skip it. No injury report here. Where you know Mobley is out for this game. Allen, we're assuming, is still out. They ruled him out for Wednesday's game pretty early. Um, 
Gallinari is dealing with the elbow injury. We know Collins is not going to play, and we know Dean Wade is still out. So we'll start here with Cleveland first. I think to a lot of our surprise, um, we, I think all of us, not all of us, but I would assume that most of us in the industry were kind of shocked by Moses Brown drawing the start for Cleveland. <laughs> um, he only played 21 minutes and he went 12 and nine. So like he, he was actually pretty solid um, value for his, I think he was almost 3,900 or something. Kevin Love played 26 minutes. It is the second end of a back-to-back. Are you worried? What are you looking at here for Cleveland? I am worried about the back-to-back a little bit. Um, and I need C.J. McCollum to hit those five threes and 35-plus points to, to make back all the money I lost on Kevin Love um, because I, I took a ton of his props. I thought he was in an absolute smash spot, um, and it just did not work out. Um, didn't, didn't find the starting lineup. So then his props went down and I, I went and hit all his props again because I still thought he was going to see 30 plus minutes without Mobley and Allen. I don't know. He only played 27 minutes in this last one. So I don't know what to do with him. The minutes have been all over the place all year, but he's typically smashed when he's been out there. Um, it's a phenomenal matchup against Atlanta. I would love this game environment if, if they weren't both on back-to-backs, but being on back-to-backs, we have the Milwaukee Brooklyn game. We're going to have value in the other games. I'm just, I'm unsure of what to do with this game at this point. Um, I think the pricing is all fine and I'll probably end up taking some shots depending upon ownership. Uh, CJ McCollum, two threes and two easy twos already. Uh, so it's at 10 points in the first five minutes of the game. That's a really good sign um, for, for us that played him. And DFS, us that took some props on him. So, um, can he do it in three quarters? Is going to be the question, though. <laughs> I mean, he's six percent owned in tournaments. If this game stays remotely close, um, he he could smash. So, yeah. All right. As far as Cleveland for me, here's the thing, right? Cleveland needs to win every game possible right now. They are going to do everything they can to try to catch Toronto. You don't want to be the seven seed in the East. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a bad place to be because you're playing Brooklyn likely in that play play in game. And if you lose that game, then you're, you're fighting for your lives and then you're getting probably Miami or Milwaukee or Boston. Um, so if you do, it's just, so I think, I think they want to win every game possible right now. Um, so I think we continue to see big minutes from Garland. I think he's the safest option of Cleveland. Watch Levert. He's been in and out of the lineup, and you assume that he's going to play. Yeah, he absolutely smashed in 32 minutes against Dallas, but now we're on a back-to-back. He's dealt with injuries. Definitely a situation to monitor. I mean, do they do they plug him right back in and just run him into the ground another 30 minutes on a back-to-back? We'll have to see. Yeah, and I'll say this too. Um, Garland's minutes are pretty safe. He's going to play a ton. Uh, he's been doing it all year. So, And, and he's going to fly under the radar on this five-game slate because we do have Giannis. We do have the, the Brooklyn guys. We have Embiid. We have Harden. Um, 
you know, so I think a guy like Garland really flies under the radar. And if he gets to 60, you're, um, you're cruising here. So Atlanta side of this game, you know, a team that, yeah, they're on the second end of a back-to-back, but they kind of cruised against the Thunder. Um, you know, Trey Young only played like 29 minutes. They really limited like Bogdanovich, um, Herter, these guys. You know, Kevin Knox played 18 minutes, and they just kind of spread it out. Capella didn't get his normal run. They used a Kongwu a lot. So I think Atlanta was looking ahead. Um, you know, another team that every game matters right now um, for Atlanta as well. So, you know, all these teams, this is a this is like a battle between 8, 9, and 10. I don't think the Knicks can catch them. So we kind of have an idea of who's going to make the East. It's just what order are they going to be in. And, you know, if you're the Hawks, if you're Charlotte, you're trying to win. You're trying to put Brooklyn in that 9-10 seed. Um, make them play that game. So CJ McCollum, man. Um, if you don't believe Narrative Street is a thing. And shout out to Will because I wasn't even, like, thinking about um, – that scenario until he mentioned on the podcast yesterday but anyway um talk to me here about the atlanta side yeah i like the atlanta side more than the cleveland side i think and that's just because i I feel more comfortable it's going to be trey young um i love him and i also love clint capella in this spot all year long we have faded uh this matchup against cleveland because of their two big men well both of those big men are now out Uh, So we're seeing Moses Brown and Kevin Love at the five. I think Clint Capella can absolutely smash in this matchup. Um, 6,200. The minutes have been a bit inconsistent, but I I just, I I really like this matchup. And if you're, you're looking at numbers and things like that for this game, it's, it's going to look like a difficult matchup, but without those two big men in Allen and Mobley, I think Capella has a great chance to smash in the spot. Yeah, I think Capella is that like mid-range center that you can play here. You know, they didn't really use him and he didn't get that like massive minutes the night like on on Wednesday night. And this is a guy that's been kind of playing 30 minutes. He's averaged 30 minutes against Cleveland this season. He's averaging 39 fantasy points against them in three matchups and now Evan Mobley's a good defensive center. Jared Allen good defensive center. So, like you said, these guys are out. It's a good spot for Capella, especially especially if they roll out Moses Brown. Um, that's a good spot for Capella. Outside of those two guys, though, I don't think this is a slate that like I want to go crazy on, like Delon Wright or Herder or Hunter. Maybe Hunter if Bogdanovich sits or something, but that's really the only way I'd get to these guys. Yeah, Hunter missed the last game, right? Uh, I believe. I'll have to double check that. But if Gallinari is out, then I, I do really like Hunter. Gallinari, I would probably put him as doubtful. So, yeah, agreed. All right. We got the Clippers at the Bulls. This game has a 223 and a half total, and the Bulls are a three and a half point favorite. On the Bulls side, Lonzo out. On the Clippers side, Brandon, Boston, Kawhi, Powell out. So we'll start here with the Clippers. Um, The much-weighted return of Paul George happened against Utah the other night. They beat the Jazz. 
Paul George played 31 minutes. He shot the ball 20 times. Um, he had four steals, six assists, and he put up 34 actual points. Um, obviously, if he can do that against one of the toughest defensive teams in the league, then he has to be on our list here at 9,400 going up against Chicago because I, I know I said it like a week ago, and if you listen to the podcast every day, this is probably something you heard, but I said watch out for the Clippers kind of sneaking in here to the playoffs, having a really solid season. Now Paul George is healthy. Watch out for this team. They're a team I don't know if I'm if I'm Minnesota. I don't know if this is the team I want to play in the play-in game. Um, what are your thoughts here on Paul George? I, I Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Clippers are a pretty good team, actually. Paul George, I have no idea. He was supposedly on a, a, a minutes restriction, and I kind of think like he just went absolutely nuts in the third quarter, I believe. And I think he was playing so well that they, they felt the, the win was within reach. And I think he, they ended up extending him more minutes than they intended to. It's possible the minutes restriction was just complete BS from the beginning, um, but kind of feels like they, they saw the win in their sights and they, they just went for it, allowing him to play 31 minutes. He's shown that he can do that now. So I don't see a reason that the minutes would go backwards. Um, and if he's going to be in that 32 to 35 minute range, he's in play at 9,400 with what he can do for sure. So let me I throw think this everyone at, else really quick. Yeah, Keith, let ahead. me throw this at you too. They play Milwaukee on Friday. If, if they're, sure. if they sit him on the, on the second and into the back-to-back, don't you think like 32 to 34 minutes is like in the realm of possibilities on the front half here? I do. Yep. Um, and I think that, if choosing between the two games, they would definitely try to be try to get the win against Chicago rather than Milwaukee. So I think it makes sense that that Paul George is is locked in for thirty two to thirty five here, um, and that that puts him squarely in play with this matchup against Chicago at ninety four hundred. Um, I don't know how much of him I'm going to get to. We talked about Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Be, there's stars in that game on a play, and beads on the slate. Trey Young is on the slate. Darius Gartland, like there's. There's plenty of guys to spend up for, even though we only have five games here. Um, I think Paul George goes a little bit under underlooked, um, and I probably want to make sure I end up overweight on him because I love this matchup. For the rest of the Clippers, Paul George back means they're all overpriced. He's the only guy I'm interested in here. Oh, 100%. Um, Friday, maybe we talk more about this Clippers team because if Paul George does sit, I will say that it really seems like they want to give Hartstein and like Hartstein might be the guy. Um, and in a matchup against Vooch, they're going to need some size. So like, if you wanted to take some tournament shots on like Hartstein here at 5,100, again, if you're not playing in bead center becomes weak really quick. Um, and, you know, we talked about Capella. We talked about Drummond. We talked about a couple other players and we have yet to talk about like Rudy Gobert and Vooch. And we're about to talk about Vooch, but if you're not getting, those seven plus K centers. It's just, I wanted to throw, you know, Hartstein large field tournaments out there as well on the Chicago side. We know DeRozan has the upside and the ceiling here. Levine with DeRozan, it just doesn't seem like the ceiling is there. He's going to hit it every once in a while. And Vucevic is like super consistent. It's just like consistent at 40 and like five X is not terrible on a five game slate. But it's just 
I think he has a more of a chance of hitting 35 than 50. Um, so like I struggle and, you know, Chicago just as a whole, I think my favorite play would probably be Caruso because he's cheap um, or, or like AU and just take a shot on one of these cheap guys. But honestly, I don't even love them in this spot. Yeah. I think the Rosen would be my preferred play again. He's in that same range um, where he's expensive enough and there's plenty of expensive guys that we want to play on the slate. I'm not sure how much I end up with, but he, he is my favorite uh, favorite play from Chicago Levine. I agree. I'm not sure that Levine is healthy. I think he's playing through a couple of things right now. He's had a knee. The back isn't, hasn't been great all season. Um, I, I'm not playing Levine. I don't think he's healthy. I think you covered Vooch very well. There are plenty of other centers to play on this, this slate. You've got Capella and Gobert underneath him. You've got Embiid up at the top. I don't see a way that I get to, to Vooch um, probably just DeRozan for me. Um, and We'll see what value opens up, but I don't mind the IO call or Caruso even um, if if I need somebody in that four to five K range. Yeah, I mean, waiting to see what what opens up as far as value is going to be important as well. But you know, we we talk so much at this time of the year about who's playing for something and all that stuff. Like at the end of the day, the Eastern Conference between eighth and first is eight games. That's just how close the East is this year. Like. We don't have that giant separation of like the Western conference does like the top four teams, top five teams in the West. So I think that's, you know, something that comes into play. Levine may be playing through something here because I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want to be that seven or eight seed because of this playoff format. Um, yeah. I mean, Cleveland is right behind Chicago. Cleveland obviously lost their last one. So I think they're two games back now, but still like that Cleveland is right there to overtake Chicago for that, that succeed. Oh my. So crazy. F1 officially announcing that they're going to do a Saturday night Vegas strip race, um, November, 2023, like right through the strip of Las Vegas. That is going that to be awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Um, it's going to be a nightmare. But, I mean, <laughs> you walk a lot of places in Vegas anyway uh, because it's already a nightmare to try to drive around in that city. But that's really cool. Sorry, just came out like yeah. as we're recording the podcast, and it looks awesome. freaking cool. Um, wow. Anyway, um, a Saturday night race, too. That's so genius not to compete with, like, NASCAR or anything like that. Um, anyway, we got the Lakers at Utah. 225 total in this game. The Jazz, 11.5-point favorites. On the Utah side, Bogdanovich is questionable. House is questionable. And Whiteside's out. On the Lakers side, Anthony Davis is doubtful. LeBron Mason Jones and Kendrick Nunn are out starting here with the Lakers. It's a tough matchup against Utah. I, this is where it gets tough, right? Because there's so many pieces out like Malik Monk at 5,500 is cheap. You know, are they going to my, here's my question for you. My question for you is, is Dwight Howard going to be needed in this game <laughs> to play against Rudy Gobert? 
Um, I like Stanley Johnson. I think he's one of the best value plays on the slate. I don't want to bury the lead. He's 3,800. That, that is what it is. Um, but I'm just curious on Dwight Howard in this game. Cause he's another guy that's kind of been banged up here. Uh, but man, they really could use his size in this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. You mentioned that we, we have a little game that we're about to play later and spoiler alert, he might be written down for one of my answers. <laughs> my bad. Um, so we're, we're right there on the same page. Like the Lakers have no size outside of Dwight in the last game he played, he started played five minutes and just did not come back in the game. I don't know if it was injury related. I don't know if it was matchup related, um, but yeah, against Rudy Gobert, who is going to stop Gobert if Howard is not out, out out there on the court? So we are absolutely on the same page there. And there's a good chance Howard doesn't stop him uh, for what it's worth. Um, Fair. It's just when you're when you're getting past like Dwight, it gets to the point where like who is going to be the big guy? And and you know you think back to that last game against Dallas and. That game could go small, though. It's not like Dallas uses a lot of big guys either. So that game has the potential. I'll tell you something. Utah is going to use Rudy Gobert. Um, they have made it very, very, very clear that this guy, they don't want to go small. They want to use their big guy, um, one of the best defensive centers in the league. So it's just an interesting thought. Um, but like Monk... And and Stanley Johnson are obviously guys here that make a ton of sense. I think in large field tournaments, you probably want to get some exposure to Westbrook if you're playing a, a 150 lineups. Um, but on the Utah side, Donovan Mitchell is going to smash. If this game can stay close, he's going to smash here. He should go for 50 plus fantasy points. Yeah, just to touch on the, the Lakers, I think you covered it perfectly. Monk and Stanley Johnson, clearly underpriced, play some Westbrook in large field. I know he, he's not very good, but he's got massive upside, even against even in a tough matchup with Utah. Um, and I'll, I'll probably take some shots on some of the other disgusting value on the Lakers as well. Utah side, I, I don't know. It's an absolute smash spot. While Mitchell and Gobert are on the court, they are going to put up massive amounts of points. I just don't know in what world the Lakers keep this game close. Um, but I said that same thing in this Pelicans Blazers game and the Blazers are kind of hanging in there. So actually the Blazers are leading right now. I just checked it. So you, you would never want to play for a blowout. And if, if we're playing that this game stays anywhere near close, uh, Mitchell and Gobert are absolute smash plays. So everybody knows anybody that listens to the podcast yesterday. I talked about the Portland new Orleans game and stacking it. I did end up stacking it. Um, Eubanks is 1%, Williams is 2%, and McCollum is 6%. So um, I, I, Portland's an interesting scenario, right? Because they're kind of in no man's land as far as where they're at in the standings. And they have a lot of young talent with a lot of talented players on the injury report. They're not a bad team going into next season. So they want to see what they have. And I, I think they're a team that, down the stretch here, these young guys are going to get a lot of run and we're going to need to keep playing them for the last week and a half of the season. So, um, anything else here from Utah? I mean, Conley and Clarkson, I think have prices that you could take a shot on. Um, I think Clarkson is the guy, if you think this game get, it is a, for sure a blowout Clarkson is a guy that could get a little bit of extra run. 
Um, I mean, he makes sense to me in a, a, a lineup you're fading, Mitchell. Yeah, and I will say this. I was looking at it before because I had that same thought. They haven't been giving him like a ton of extended run in blowouts, and I think they really value him and want to have him healthy down the stretch here. Like, So just, just wanted to, I noticed that, and I wanted to throw it out there. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. I'm going to go read more about this F1 thing because I think that's super cool. Uh, favorite play under 5k to go 7x it's going to be stanley johnson um i mean just 3800 he's going to be out there for 30 plus minutes presumably uh with no ad or lebron so it's stanley johnson for me need jalen green to hit a three here and send this game into oh christopher missed it oh that would have been a sick overtime game um man that would have been dirty anyway Mine is Killian Hayes. He's 4,300. This is a guy that's gone over 30 fantasy points in three of his last four games. Um, so I really like Hayes here. He's he's going to be a, a staple in my single entry lineup for sure. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who is your bust at the top today? Uh, I'm going to go Kyrie. I th- just think he's pressing a little bit at home. I chased him after his first dud. I chased him in that second game at home a little bit. Didn't work out either. So now I'm on the fade. He probably smashes, but Kyrie's my guy to bust. Yeah, I'm going to go for a, you know, same kind of scenario. I'm going to go James Harden. Um, I do think Detroit has the ability to keep this game somewhat close, but I think it's Embiid having a bigger game here. So um, I'm going to go Harden. Favorite 6X play on the slate? I'm going to go Malik Monk. I know it's a tough matchup against Utah, but he, I mean, if Westbrook can't find his shot, Monk is the primary scorer on this Lakers team. He's just too cheap at 5,500. I'm going to go a little off the board here and go Clint Capella. We talked about it. He didn't have to play a ton on Wednesday. It seemed to me like they were kind of saving him. You know, the last time they had a back-to-back, they played him 30 minutes in the first end and 17 minutes in the second end. So I'm just hoping that it flip-flops in this game. And they thought they were going to need his size against Cleveland. So I'm going to go Clint Capella. I think he has a really strong game. And the way my lineup is kind of setting up, I don't know if I play Embiid today. So I, I'm really, really liking the Giannis Durant build. And if I'm doing that type of build, I'm going to need a guy like Capella at center to kind of hope to keep up a little bit. I like him. Who's your let's get weird GPP play of the day? Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. It's it's Dwight Howard. We've got Brooke Lopez at 3,900. There's no chance anybody's playing Dwight Howard over Brooke Lopez. Um, he played five minutes in the last game. The, the floor is probably literally zero. Um, it's not comfortable. But, I mean, you were thinking the same way. Uh, that, that gives me a little bit of confidence even in it. Um, Dwight has to play in this game kind of, or Gobert is just going to run wild. So give me Dwight at 4,200. I mean, we're on the same wavelength here. We're both kind of looking at the center position and going, I'm not playing a beat. I got to, I got to look at something, uh, creative. I'm going to go Hartstein at 5,100. He's just, I really think they're going to need his size in this game against Vooch. And this guy, when he's getting minutes, like this dude is like, getting assists he's getting rebounds he's scoring the basketball um he's had at least 30 fantasy points in four straight games now um so i'm gonna go hard scene here at 5100 no bets really standing out to me here the night before 
I mean, we're starting to see the books adjust a little bit to the Pistons. Like, you know, I think they were plus 15 the other night. Uh, we talked about that um, on the podcast. Anything really jumping off the page to you here? No, nothing really jumped out. Did did we get a spread in the Lakers-Utah game? Yeah, it's it opened at Jazz minus 11. DraftKings has it at minus 12 and a half already. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that moves, I think that gets a little bit wider by tip off. I don't mind that one, but nothing, nothing really besides that stood out. I, I'll, I'll say this I'll be looking at Garland's point prop. I do think Garland is someone to kind of look at here. Um, and I, I really want to kind of look at Paul George's props and see what the books do with him. Um, with that second end of a back to back, I think Paul George either plays this game or he, or he plays Friday. And I think if, like you said, if the Clippers are kind of eyeing a game, I think you're trying to eye Chicago instead of Milwaukee. Yep. Like so, that. Keith, any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? No, let's hope CJ McCollum can get us to a, a few alternate prop lines to, to get some of that Kevin Love money back. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here and um, – yeah, I'm hoping to make a little bit of a run, so we'll see what happens. But that's going to wrap it up for Thursday. We'll be back Friday with Keith again, talking more hoops. Good luck, everyone. We will see you then.